0: Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, and you are tuned into an all-new episode of the Decoding Success Podcast. Welcome back. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. We have a phenomenal guest, one that I truly do look up to in many different areas of life. We are joined today by Patrick Bedavid, successful startup entrepreneur, CEO of PHP Agency, Inc., emerging author and creator of Valuetainment on YouTube. As a natural critical thinker, Patrick takes complex leadership, management, and entrepreneurial ideas and converts them into simple life lessons for today and tomorrow's entrepreneurs. Patrick is passionate about shaping the next generation of leaders by teaching thought-provoking perspectives on entrepreneurship and disrupting the traditional approach to a career, and that is to say the absolute least about this gentleman that's joining us today. As mentioned, I truly do look up to him in many different areas of life, whether that's in personal relationships, The way he conducts himself, the way he owns his personal brand, the way that he puts out content and continues to serve communities, the list goes on. We're talking about his new book, Your Next 5 Moves, and I have great news for everyone. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything for this community. So what we decided to do is team up with Patrick and his team and give away copies of this brand new book. Now, this book is about $25, so you're getting a book totally free. All you have to do is screenshot this episode. Screenshot what you're listening to right now. Screenshot what is on your screen. Put it on your Instagram story. Tag me at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S and tag Patrick. You can find his handle in the show notes of this episode. Again, all you have to do to be qualified to win a free copy of Patrick's new book is to screenshot this episode right here. Especially no matter where you're listening to actually, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, etc. Screenshot it. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me. We're giving a few copies of this away. Your name could be on one of them. Seriously, make sure you're taking advantage of this offer and that helps us share the good news share the good word share the value the insights the experiences of patrick that are in this episode because i'm telling you you are in for a great conversation here with patrick so now without further ado we bring to you my friend patrick but david patrick my man excited to have you back on the show i'm excited for what you have coming up as well uh amazing stuff man i'm really grateful for all the content you put out and i must say you know you're an inspiration on many levels, and I, listen, I don't need the brownie points, I don't need to be a brown nose, I, I owe nothing to that, but your interview style and all that, man, it's truly inspiring, and I just want to say thank you for what you put out in the world, for what you're creating, And I'm excited to have you, man. Well, appreciate you, buddy, thanks for having me back. Of course, now, I'm going to ask you the same question, I'm not going to tell you what your answer was the first time you were here, but I'm curious to learn, no. this is a little bit over a year, last time you were on the show was April 4th, 2019. The question is, how do you personally define success?
1: Alignment. That's exactly what you said last time. That's exactly what I would say. Alignment, meaning what you say and your values and principles match the way you live. If you can do those two things, you're a dangerous, dangerous
0: person to go up against. How are you staying aligned with everything that's going on in this world? It's the hardest
1: thing to do. That's one of the hardest battles you'll fight because everybody is making you trying to change you. Everybody is trying to make you feel guilty. Everybody's trying to make you feel like, uh, you know, your values and principles are wrong. Everybody is trying to get you to feel like, oh my gosh, you're working too hard. You're dreaming too big. Your vision is too big. You're, you need to calm down. You need to, you know, settle down. How can you have such strong opinions as a content creator and a channel you know, host of entrepreneurship. You shouldn't be talking about politics. Why are you touching these topics? Why are you going into the site? It's so loud all over the place. But if you have a crystal clear vision that nobody else knows about, and by the way, you got to keep this in mind. When I say crystal clear vision, I'd say 95% of people don't have a crystal clear vision. So most people think they have a crystal clear vision. For example, earlier today, I shot a video that goes out next week, and the title is something about being a um, the difference between a strategic planner and a strategic thinker and a problem solver, right? you got three different types of strategic thinkers. It said out of 20 people in a room, 20 leaders in a, in a room, only one of them is a strategic thinker. Out of 20 leaders in a room, only one of them is a strategic thinker. Out of, out of a, a 10 C-suite executives, only three of them think strategically. Let me say that one more time. Out of 10 C-suite executives, only three of them Think strategically. What does this mean? Do, can you make it up to the make it make it to the top as a C-suite executive and not be strategic? Of course you can. What do you mean by that? Well, Warren Buffett said he hires for three different things. What are those three things? Intelligence, integrity, and initiative. And he says if you don't have integrity, the other two don't matter. Okay, that means you can get to the top and not being very strategic. But if you want to mm. compete and constantly get to a higher level, you have to what? You have to constantly be strategic. So to answer your question for you at a time like this, it is very, very hard to have a crystal clear vision and not let all the other distractions and people that are pulling you away from your vision. But if you are real about your vision, if it's a true vision and you're able to fight it and you come up with the right strategies, eventually that vision is going to become a reality.
0: Right. I love that. So I I just need to point this out, man. It doesn't look like you got the quarantine 15 at all. You're looking pretty jacked again. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. You had your arms going there, man. I just had to point that out. But what is your advice for getting clear? How are you Uh staying clear?
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's a good question. It's asking a lot of questions. You know, it's a, a lot of private time. It's a lot of by yourself. It's a lot of, you know, one great question can change a person's life. You know, like I remember when I was 24 years old and everybody was talking about getting married and having kids. And I asked the question, I said, why do you want to get married, Pat? And people say, you know, that sounds like a simple question. I guarantee you that's not a simple question. Ask the question, why do you get married? Then typically the first answer people say is what? Because that's what you're supposed to do next. You're supposed to get married. Right. You're not supposed to do anything. Why do you want to get married? Then I'm like, oh my gosh. I enjoy my own company. I'm okay with myself. I, I can go to movies by myself. I enjoy driving the car by myself, listening to Sade and it's raining outside or I'm listening to a nice audiobook. I enjoy my own company. So why do you get married? And you really have to start thinking about that. Why? Why give up that risk of being married to somebody else? You know, in the world of business, if a business transaction doesn't work out, you can go find another business partner. If you have a client that it doesn't work out, you can go find another client and another client, and you can replace a client every day if you want to. You can replace an employee every day if you want to. You can replace a new partner every year if you want to, C-suite executive. You can have two, three, four, five kids, so you have options. One kid that knows you you got two more, you have options, but if you get married, if you and your best friend get into a fight you don't have to sleep in the same bed at night if you you and your best friend get into a fight you may go four weeks not seeing him four weeks later you're called we could, we could." but if you're married you get into a fight with her you have to go to bed that night and right. after you see them in the morning make breakfast with the kids change it's very complex to get married so why get married you know why have kids why work hard why chase after a vision why put your body through this why not just relax why not just kick back why not just go out there and rest why not just why not so i think the biggest thing is to get clear is to ask the right questions when my wife and i were dating we went on our second date at that time i had a book that was recommended to me called 101 questions to ask before you get engaged and i don't know maybe last time we spoke about this as well but it was 101 questions to ask before you get engaged and i gave it to her on our second date and we went the following Saturday at her place and we went through six hours of questions. Out of the 101 questions, I only needed like a 50 of them, 55 of them, you know, but we can go through all of them. And I knew, cause I was doing that exercise with four other, three other girls at the time. And I said, you know what? I think this is the one I'm willing to risk, but I don't know how marriage is going to be. People ask me, how long do you think you're gonna be married? How do you guys make it work? I'm like, look, I don't know how we're making it. We've been married 11 years and I think we can go one more year. I don't know if I can go 30 more years. I don't know if I can go for the rest of my life, but I know for a fact I can go one more year. And we've been saying this since day one. So I think when you're asking a question about clarity, I think people don't ask the tough questions. They just ask the general question. We're supposed to get married next. Why is because that's what people do. Who said, who is they? Who are these people? I've never met these people. Who are these people? Who is this committee that tells you what you're supposed to be doing? So clarity is based on you asking tough questions, and the more tough questions you ask and you're able to recreate yourself where every 90 days people don't recognize you because there's a new version of you. Eventually people mm-hmm. look around and they say, man, I don't recognize you and when Back in the days when we used to bodybuild, my buddy and I, we would uh, put challenges and we would say, we're not gonna look at our body for 90 days. So we'd go to the gym with long sleeves. And even if we're in the mirror, we're washing our hands, we never take our shirt off. Even if you're in the shower, you're taking a shower, we never went in front of the mirror so these three guys that we used to train together 90 days later we take off our shirt in the gym and then you're like oh my dude look look at this you know look what happened that's the whole thing about life so if you're excited about recreating yourself you don't know what's going to happen in 90 days you don't know what's going to happen in a year you don't know what to expect in two years so you start looking forward to life you're like oh my gosh what's going to happen next in this movie that I'm living in? That's the whole part about recreating yourself and being clear on your vision. It takes some time, and it takes some right questions to ask.
0: I love that. Now, one thing we talked about last time, I don't think we got into the details of what I'm going to ask now because personally, I just wasn't there. I wasn't able to even ask this type of question. I've grown since then. You know, you talk about this vision, right? Being clear on that. What is your strategy your tactics your habits to keep you in the now yet still have that vision like how do you not go too far into that vision where that's all you're focused on and then you you remove yourself totally from the now
1: that's why it's i wrote the book your next five moves because everything your first move is in the now right so your next five moves you know this is about business strategy master the art of business strategy okay so for example let's let's unpack that okay so uh we just talked about marriage i want to get married okay cool What's step number one for getting married today? Uh, If your daughter dated a guy like you in your current position right now, 24 years old, would you let her marry you? Hell no. Okay, no problem. So that means you're not ready to get married right now, no. So what needs to happen for you to get married? Well, I need to change. In what areas do you need to change today? Who do you want to marry? I'd like to marry a girl that's this, 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 this. this. To have a wife like this, and what kind of a marriage you want to have? This, 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 this. That's move number 28, for example, right? It's not move number one. That's 28 or move number 18. Okay, what can I do today? What is next for me today? Okay, number one, you can't keep your word. What's your point? You say you're going to do it. You don't do it. I know, but what are you saying? Why don't you start off by make five commitments and keep your word today? Like what? I'm going to go to the gym today. Keep it. I'm going to go do this. Keep it. I'm going to read 50 pages. Keep it. Okay. That's building character today. Right? So you cast a vision, you cast who you want to be. You ask yourself, you know, I want to be a millionaire. Okay, great. You know, to be a millionaire at what age, what do you need to do? What kind of business? How you need? Okay. So you put your, your steps, your sequences, but then what do I do next to become this person? I need habits, have bad habits what are the habits I need next? What are the skills I need next? What do I need to do to get better at sales or negotiation or persuasion? What do I need to do? Well, I need to go figure out this. You've never been around a millionaire. You've never worked somebody how they work with a millionaire. So what do you do? Maybe you go shadow somebody. Who's the one person? Let me make a list of five people. Boom, boom. I love to work for these guys face to face and watch these guys for a two, three year period. Who are these five people that I'd love to work for? Boom, 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 boom. Great. Send an email. Would you, can I work for you? Can I like the guy you saw, uh, Kai. And when he set us up, Kai was a a 18 year old kid. He sent me email for a year and a half saying, I want to work for you. I'm like, listen, we blew every single time we said, no, no, no. And he came, he said, I'm coming for a job interview. He flew in from Norway for a job interview. I'm like, this guy flies here from Norway, comes in. I said, look, if you can do this, 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 you'll get a job. But if you don't do it, you're fired within 30 days. Let me prove you wrong, no problem. Now he's over here working day and night. He didn't have a strong work ethic at first Now He's one of the hardest working guys we have in the office. He just turned 21 years old. So you, this is all about, here's who I wanna be. And then what is my next step? You and I, Just the same way we get judged by who we marry, we get judged by our friends, we get judged by our association, you're going to get judged on your partners, you're going to get judged on your next five moves, you're going to get judged on your first move that you make, you're going to get judged on on the sequencing of the moves that you make, like for example, what do you want to do? I want to be a millionaire, but you take a month off and you go, you know, backpacking and you just want to kick back in summers. You're just chilling out for a couple months, but you want to run a billion dollar company. Those don't align. Yeah. You, know, you, you know, one of the reasons why you're wearing the hat, the Atlanta Braves hat, I asked you off camera, why are you a Braves fan? And you said, when I was in New York, my dad was a Mets fan, I was born in 1992. Why would I be a Mets fan? Till today, my dad was a Mets fan. And then I said, Did you watch TBS growing up? You said our household was a TBS household. I just finished a book by Ted Turner. Uh, I think it's titled, they call me Ted Turner. And Ted Turner bought the Braves for $10 million. But Ted Turner also bought TBS. And then he made TBS a national network. And then when he made TBS the national network, he bought the Braves and he bought the Hawks. Then all of a sudden, the Braves kept going to the World Series and the Braves kept on, oh, 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 oh right? <laughs> so everybody became a Braves fan, right? Everybody in America who didn't like the Dodgers or you didn't like the Mets or you didn't like the White Sox or whatever the team was, you became a Braves fan, Right. Because Ted Turner had a vision, he converted everybody in America to Braves and Hawks fans. How did that happen? There was a vision, but for him, he shadowed his dad. His dad was selling billboard ads, right? That's what his dad did. He saw how that worked. Then he said, I'm gonna go buy a media company. I'm gonna go do 24 hour, 24/7 news network. Then his network went from zero to $11 billion. Then he married Jane Fonda, but there is steps to the game, right? There are steps to the game. So you get judged on your next five, 10, 15 moves. And it becomes the sequencing. So he talks about the fact when he started the media company, the penthouse of this headquarters was where he lived. So he woke up, he went one story down, he was at his office. He went up, it was his house where he slept. For 20 years, he did that to build his empire. Now, somebody may say, that's crazy. Well, history books are gonna remember Ted Turner. And that was his vision. Now it came at a cost, it's a cost he was willing to take so again, everything goes down to what the vision is, how much it matters, how crystal clear it is. Then you know in your next step, and the next step, and the next step, and the next step, and the next step is figuring out a way to get excited about the vision, but know what your next step is in the now. I'm curious, Patrick, what was it that made
0: you realize how, how important it was knowing your next five steps, your next 10 steps, your next 15?
1: It's a great question, you know, one day I woke up and my, uh, at the time I was dating a girl, I loved her a lot, she loved me, but uh, she was going Hollywood and I was kinda trying to get away from Hollywood. My dream was to be the Middle Eastern Will Smith, maybe an Arnold type of guy, you know, I'm gonna go do acting, I'm gonna do Hollywood and I'm gonna go win an Oscar, but then I kept getting pulled into business and then uh, one day I got a text in the morning saying, I don't think this relationship is going anywhere. Six o'clock in the morning, I wake up. This relationship's not going anywhere. I think it's time, I think we gotta break up. Then I have a message from my mom saying, she left it the night before, late, she says, what kind of a son are you? You haven't called me for a couple months. What happened to the old son that used to call me all the time? So first, my heart's broken. My girl's breaking up with me too. I feel guilty because my mom says I'm not a good son. Then three, I get an email from my number one client at the time I was gonna make 15 grand commission on this one, he just canceled. Then four, I get an email from my number one sales guy saying he's resigning and he's leaving. This all happens within the first five minutes of my day. And I'm sitting there in bed saying, what the hell do I do next? What's my next move? Do I call my girl and spend the whole day with her? Do I I call my mom and, and say, mom, I love you and apologize and let that guilt really take my entire day Do I call the client first? Do I call the salesperson first? Do I go to the office? Do I sleep in? Do I go to the gym? What the hell do I do? In that moment, I'm asking myself, this same exact situation, people could handle it five different ways, okay? This situation, 10 different people. One person could make the call to the girlfriend first, then mom. Another person could do mom, then client, then girlfriend. Another person could do client, then salesperson. Another person could do, do you understand what I'm saying? So it's all 100%. about person. So in that moment, I said, man, I want to find out what is my next move. Not my move number three. What's my next one? Then what's the next one? Then what's the next one? Then what's the next one? And I tell you, the people I studied that got to the top, they had the better sequencing of moves than their peers and competitors did. It's that simple. You know, it's 2008, I'm dating my wife at the time she was my girlfriend and I have money in the bank. And there's this area in California, I really liked it's called Montaria State. At the time, uh, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips was living there, Hawk Hogan had house and Eddie Murphy had house. It's 50 homes, each two acres. And the value of homes was around $2 million to about $15 million, beautiful area. Gated community on both sides. I love this area and I wanted to live in this area. So very rarely was a home for sale. So one opens up and we go in. Oh my gosh, I go into this place. Gated community, gated house, two acres, basketball court, tennis court, massive pool. You drive in with a long drive-in to go to the front of the house, pillars, gorgeous bedroom, jacuzzi in the corner, massive closet. Love it. I'm walking and saying, this is my house. This is my house. This is my house. And anytime I want to make a big purchase, I have to go through it three, four, five times to see if I still have the childlike excitement about it, right? I go back, oh my gosh, this is my house. This is my house. This is my house. This is my house. This is my, house. This is my- and then one day I sit there and I said, okay, do you wanna buy a $2 million home or do you wanna buy a $30 million home? Mm. I said, I wanna buy a $30 million home. Do you wanna uh, be worth a few million do- dollars or do you wanna compete and be able to do some things at history books where your family's gonna look back and say they made the right decision to sacrifice everything and come to America with the David last name is gonna be a name people know, your dad's gonna be proud of the decisions he made to sacrifice everything to come here. I said, I'm going for the bigger picture. I woke up, I said, you know what, babe? We ain't buying a house. She says, what? I said, I'm not buying a house. We're not married at this moment. I'm not buying a house. What do you mean you're not buying a house? I'm just not buying a house. This is 2008, market tanks. A year later, I start my insurance company with the same money I was gonna put on a down payment. I put in the insurance company. Do you realize, A month after I started a company, I get sued by the $400 billion company I was a part of and had to cut a massive check to them, multi-multi six-figure check. If I would have bought the house, I wouldn't have had that cash to pay the lawsuit that I had because it was a trade secret. like, we don't want you to go and leave our clients, take our clients. I settled. It was supposed to last four or five years. Eight months later, I settled because I had a check. If I don't have the check to settle because I would have bought that house, I won't be in the position I'm in right now. I I would have been stuck in that position. So I have to sit there and realize, do I buy that house short term? Or do I say, stay in an apartment complex at the summit in Woodland Hills and hang tight, but chase the vision. These are the types of things that we get judged for. That's what I mean when I say sequencing. So this is why I talk about all that stuff in the book, Your Next Five Moves, which I decided to publish with Simon & Schuster that people can get on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.
0: I love that. Now you've piqued my interest on two things right here. Number one, I need to know what was the first decision you made out of those five? Was it call mom,
1: the girlfriend? Which one was it? Yeah. So the first thing I did is I contacted the the agent that resigned is what I did. I called him first. And when I called him first, I said, what's going on? He says, well, you know, uh, just this is not working out for me, et cetera, et cetera. And the agent that resigned was the agent that I went and split the sale with the client that we wrote. So he resigned because his heart was broken that the client canceled. So once I called him, he told me what the client was upset with. I called the client and went to the client to have breakfast with him in the morning. I won him over. Once I won him over the $15,000 commission, I ended up splitting it with this guy because we were, he stayed in the business. I gained the client. Then I came back and I sent some flowers to my mom because, you know, your mom's going to be there and she's going to forgive you. Then I said, do you really want to be with this girl or not? Because I'm going to be chasing my dreams. And eventually we broke up together and we moved on. So I'm not going to compromise my dreams because of a girl. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Because here's what will happen. Say I compromise the dreams for the girl and I marry this girl who's the love of my life. And we're together for 10 or 20 years. And one day I'm 48 years old sitting there resenting the fact that I made a decision to Uh, do what she wanted, but not what I wanted. And I compromise my dreams and I'm going to resent her forever. I don't want that. So the best decision was for us to break up. And that's kind of what happened.
0: That's powerful, man. Now, one thing I really admire is the fact that you delayed gratification, right? You you were able to buy that house, but you didn't because you knew something was bigger to come. Um, how do you do that? It's not easy, especially as a millennial where you we're like under this fucking light bulb, or even if it's a self-imposed light bulb in a sense, you know? Uh, I'm really curious like how you built that patience inside of
1: you. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not easy. And, and, and a lot of times I didn't have it. So it's, this is not... I'm telling you the good stories. You know, the bad stories are the hundreds of times that I was like, I, I was impatient and I wanted it right away and it kind of hurt me and it, you know, screwed me over and it set me back six months or 12 months. So this is just one story I'm giving you. Most of the time the decisions were the other way around where I wanted right off the bat, but that's the game. That's right. the challenge. You know, that that's the tough part. Like I'll give you another example. of what you see a lot of people doing today. You see a lot of people today having 15 businesses 10 Mm. businesses, and then they'll use the excuse and say, well, look what Bezos, he owns 50 companies. Musk owns 50 companies. Yeah, Musk owns 50 companies, but Musk had a first exit where he got a fat check. And Musk got a second exit that he got a fat check. And then he had a third exit of PayPal. Then he got a fat check. Then he went and bought multiple companies. You haven't even had an exit yet. You know, well, Bezos did it. Well, Bezos started off with one product. And the one product was what? Books for years. Then he went from books to toys when he teamed up with Toys R Us. Then he went to a different thing. You're seeing so many people, oh, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this. I am more from the place of thought of put 100% of your energy into one thing for five, 10 years, build that into a 10, 50, $100 million company. Then if you wanna have multiple other areas you're looking at, fine. But you build one thing into a massive conglomerate, then you can say, I'm going to do a little bit here, I'm going to do a little bit here, I'm going to do a little bit here. And I like to go startup, build a company, start up, build a company, but it's going from this opportunity here. I don't want to go out there, you know, uh, putting my energy into 15 different places because 17% goes here, 18% goes here, 22% goes here, 13% goes here, 100% goes here. You can't beat me if I'm going 100% here. So, so. You know, sometimes you see a lot of people being tempted to try a lot of different things and it's not the right thing to do. By the way, social media influencers, some of them can really screw your life up. And let me explain to you what I mean by this. Some of them can screw your life up. If you listen to one social media influencer, he says something. You listen to another person, he says one thing. You listen to another one, he says one thing. You listen to another one, he says one thing. You listen to another one, he says one thing. Eventually, you have to choose only one. Let me unpack that so this makes sense to you. For example, once a person becomes a Scientologist or a Christian or a Seventh-day or a Jehovah or a Catholic or a Jew, whatever it is, but I'm talking about as a mature, not, hey, my mom was a Catholic, so I'm a Catholic, but you're not really Catholic. You're just Catholic because your mom was a Catholic. I'm talking about you're 30 years old. You have finally decided what faith is going to be, the faith you want to have agnostic, atheist, none. It doesn't matter, but you have found your way, right? And you found it. Great. How many Christians do you see going to a Christian church and a Muslim church and a Catholic church and a Scientology church and a Jewish church? How many people you see doing that? Adults? Right. You don't see any. You don't see that, but people do that with social media influencers. Mm. You realize how confusing that is? It's very confusing because if you listen to five, it's five different philosophies. If you listen to 10, it's 10 different philosophies. I suggest you listen to all for a few years and then pick one and just go, boom, here's where I'm at. Don't go boom, 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 boom. You're going to be all over the place. So there, there is a certain level of power and confidence that comes once you become very, very clear on your philosophies. And there's going to be a philosophy that matches your approach and once you find that person double down on it but don't go in 15 different places and constantly change your philosophy you're not allowing yourself to create momentum and this game is a momentum game if every time you change and you start momentum from the beginning again you cannot create compounding momentum which is what helps you create a ton of wealth so you've seen a lot of that taking place this is why you gotta turn the noise down and don't listen to everybody just kind of figure out a couple different routes you're taking and then get clear on your philosophy and execute that. And you'll see yourself experiencing some special things. A
0: hundred percent, man. Now, what do you want people to take away from this book? If they could only take away one thing, is it as simple as knowing your next five moves or is there something deeper in
1: there that you really want them to take away? Much, much deeper, much deeper in there. The deeper part is the fact that stop comparing your vision to somebody else's. You know, Mm -hmm. I had a person that called me one day and they said, man, I cannot believe this other person is growing so much faster than me. And I'm so sick of it. And I hate this. And I'm so upset and I'm, so, I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was every time this was the call, this was the call, this was the call. Eventually I said, let me ask you a question. Who do you want to be? So what do you mean? I said, who do you want to be? Well, I, what do you mean? I said, okay, how much money do you want to make? What is an ideal life for you? He says, Pat, if I made $150,000 a year income and I got a chance to spend time with my wife, my husband, my kids, And we had a nice house, lake house, not a big house, 2,500 square foot house, but it's by the water. And I can enjoy that and go to a nice vacation every year. I'm totally fine with that. I said, then stop focusing on what this guy wants to do. This guy wants to make a million out of your income. You're not that person. That person's vision is different than yours. She said, but isn't that bad that I don't think as big as he does? I said, no, that's his vision. What's your vision? So your next five moves isn't about putting you in a box to think like a person. Your next five moves is to identify the life you want to live, not the life I want to live. One of the things in the section, uh, in a section of the book that we talk about is, you know, some want to be solopreneurs, some want to be investors, some want to be entrepreneurs, some want to be entrepreneurs. But what do you want to be? Some people are good at being number one in a company. Some are good at being number two in the company. Some are good number fives. Some are good number tens. Some take some time to be a good number one. Maybe for the next 20 years, you're a good number two or number five. Maybe you're gonna be ready to be a number one in the next 15 years, but not today. So what do you know the sequencing of when you do become a number one? Maybe you're not meant to be an entrepreneur today. Maybe the better decision is to be an entrepreneur. Maybe the better decision is to work in a company and grow into a leader and executive and own an equity piece of the company. And eventually you end up becoming a C-suite. Maybe you become a CEO and you become a CEO and you get a salary. You know, the CEO of Disney, his salary, his last year was $67 million a year. That's a decent salary. Bob Iger. So you can be a billionaire, never being an entrepreneur. You know, Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers, he never, he was just an employee at uh, Microsoft that replaced people. So the the, the factor with the, the idea with this book is to know that once you know what's the pinnacle for you, you, you have to go there in the way that you want to go there, not in the way that everybody else is going, going there. So it, it's, it's getting people to realize, you do not have to be like John Doe to win. You are you, this is your fingerprint, this is your hand, it's different than anybody else's, your signature's different than everybody else's. What's the route that you gotta take to go win? That's what we talk about in the book.
0: That's powerful. Now, I'm actually doing a giveaway of these books, which I'm excited, but I'm also going to have the link as to where people can get the book in the show notes. Last question for you, though, Patrick. I know I want to respect your time here. I didn't get to ask you this last time. Now, if Patrick, but David was only doing podcasts, speaking engagements, books, et cetera, he could only give one piece of advice for the rest of his life. What is that one piece of advice? Alignment.
1: It's alignment. Yeah. I tell you, it's alignment because, you know, the whole concept of alignment and, um, your values match and your behavior and the way you live is in 14 2013, 2014, man, I had anxiety attacks every single day for a year and a half and life sucked. Let me tell you, one night I came home from a three week trip that I had, it was called the Financial Literacy Tour and I was barely getting any sleep. I came home, I get home, my wife is there, I just had a baby, we have another one on the way and we have the second one that's born, he's a couple months old. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's a lot of pressure. And uh, one night I'm like, babe, I can't sleep. So I go into the living room. I come out and say, babe, I, I, I'm feeling like I'm about to have a heart attack. I lay down on the ground. My body's bouncing off the ground. She calls the cops. She calls my dad. My dad comes in. He thinks I'm having a heart attack because my dad's had a ton of heart attacks. He's got the whole three stents in his heart, the bypass, all that. And they take me to the hospital. And I go to the hospital. I ask the doctor, I said, well, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. So what the hell is going on to me? Did I have a heart attack? He says, no, you're just absolutely exhausted. He says, wow. "What have you been doing?" Then I told him my schedule. He says, "Yeah, your body's your body can't take that for too long. You're exhausted. You can't go three hours of sleep a night for three weeks. You can't do that. You got to get some." So they set me up on the IVs. I go back and I'm good, but I kept having anxiety attacks every day for a year and a half, and it was very uncomfortable. I couldn't be in public. One time I was in church on a Sunday, and the service starts 15 minutes. I'm sitting in front of two three thousand, the middle of two three thousand people. I'm like. I got to get the hell out of here. I got up and left church. I went in the car. I couldn't, I was so, I had so much anxiety. Why did I have so much anxiety? <sighs> because I was second guessing myself a lot in my values and principles that I fully believed in my philosophies. I wasn't hundred percent on and, and the way I was making my decisions in my life and the way I was living wasn't a hundred percent here because neither one of these were hundred percent i kept second guessing second guessing second guessing second guessing right. like oh my gosh so i want to start study the topic of why i'm having these anxiety attacks and i learned people who are depressed which i'm not depressed people who are deple- depressed live way too much in the past right. people who have anxiety attacks spend way too much time in the future people who are at peace live a lot in the present right they live in the present today so i said I gotta get aligned and I gotta live in the present. And as long as I do that, I'm gonna be fine. Of course, have a vision, have what you wanna be doing, but what can you do today? And the more I went present and I was aligned with that, I was able to enjoy my life and the process. I, like today, I'm probably the happiest and the most fulfilled I've ever been in my life. And I run multiple companies now. I'm not running one company now. I have a lot of things that's going on with me uh, right now. I got a lot of responsibilities. I'm going through a lot of different things. I'll be making some major announcements over the next few months where the marketplace is gonna say, what did Patrick just do? And they're gonna be shell shocked, which has happened with me. And they're gonna say, wow, Pat was going through this and doing all this other stuff. Yes, that's exactly what was taking place. But again, I'm saying this to you and I have more pressure in my life today than ever before, but I'm calmer than I was in 2013, 2014 because 2013, 2014 was second guessing 2013, 2014 wasn't aligned today. There is no second guessing and today's aligned and I'm enjoying the process. So you asked me that question, I would give you that feedback. So it started off with that and we're ending with that. So there you go.
0: That's, that's a perfect start. Perfect finish, man. Pat, I appreciate you. I appreciate you hopping on. I'm excited to be able to amplify this new project, this new book. And you know, you're amazing, man. I appreciate you.
1: Much love, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me.
0: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, from our friend Patrick, but David directly into your ears through your headphones, your car, your phone, however you are listening to this episode. Again, I want to make you aware of the opportunity that's at hand here. You can get a copy of Patrick's brand new book by doing something super simple. All you have to do is screenshot your screen right now as you're listening to this. Don't do it if you're driving, by the way. Screenshot this. Put it on your Instagram story. We're only doing this on Instagram. Put it on your Instagram story. Tag myself at Matt underscore Lebri, M A T T underscore L E B R I S, and tag Patrick but David as well. And we are going to make sure that we're giving away copies of this brand new book. Take advantage of this opportunity. This is value coming at you for free—a podcast and a book. The opportunity to grab a book that's like no other. So connect with Patrick. You can do so in the show notes of this episode. I got to tell you, I am a huge fan of his show, Valuetainment. I am tuned into that all of the time his show is not just about business it's about life many aspects of it and that's exactly why i absolutely love it i would not be sharing this with you if i didn't do it myself and with that said that's another reason why i really really love the fact that i got to sit down with patrick here on this episode so again make sure you're connecting with him make sure you're entering yourself in in that opportunity to be able to grab one of his new books and until next time everyone be blessed peace